Hey, everyone doing all right? Well, we are going to dive right into the Word today. we got quite a bit of ground to cover, and we are on part two of our series, Get Over It. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to have to get over it. You got to get over it. There's some things. There's some things you got to get over in life. Uh, uh, last week we talked about forgiveness, and forgiveness is uh, some sometimes the biggest hurdle to uh, spiritual growth and evolution and and uh, your journey with Christ. Uh, the the other thing that we have to deal with a lot is what we're going to talk about today, and that's the spirit of offense or just a mindset. When I say spirit, uh, I don't I don't mean of some. A ghostly thing coming into your room and hopping on you that's called offense. I'm talking about a mindset or a stronghold of offense. And uh, boy, it seems like the world is just full of offended people. Everyone is ready to get offended. I saw a meme the other day that I thought actually summed it up pretty good. How is it that a generation that grew up on South Park and Beavis and Butthead can get so offended so quick? You know what I'm saying? You know, you let someone post something, they're a political opinion, we get offended. You let folks talk about their favorite sports team, we get offended. You, you let someone criticize your favorite actor or your favorite musician or band, we get offended. Boy, everyone wants to get offended. And people want to blame social media for that. Say, ooh, social media has just revealed something in people that, that, that it's like unleashed a tiger. I don't know about y'all, but social media ain't got nothing on the church. I grew up in church. Folks have been getting offended for years. <laughs> Let's be honest. Folks, folks are getting offended for years. Yet there is a place in God that allows us to transcend offense, that, that allows us to transcend just this chronic anger, this chronic chronic. Uh, everything bugging us, whether it's in church, whether it's in your family, whether it's on your job, say, well, you got to pray for me because the enemy, the enemy keeps making me stumble and the enemy's making me offended. And, and uh, uh, sometimes that may be true. There's a book that's been out for years called The Bane of Satan that deals with offense and it's an incredible book, gives, gives a lot of insight. But, but I want to talk to us today, you may be surprised at where your offense is coming from. Say, well, I know where it's coming from, Dave, it's coming from you. <laughs> hey, look at that. Uh, I think I have been the source of offense at times in my life, uh, or at least utilized in that way. But, but today, we're going to have to talk about it, okay? We're going to have to talk about offense. Now, y'all may be happy right now, but some of y'all be offended by the end of the sermon. I'm just going to predict that, because I, I think the Lord is going to offend your offenses. You may offend your offenses. We're going to talk today. Actually, I'm kidding. I'm just going to be sweet. I'm going to read from a little psalm. We're going to read from... The, the book of Psalms, Psalm 119. Now, some of, this may, some of this may sound familiar to you. Princes have persecuted me without a cause. Now, some of y'all have said that in your life. There were people with authority. There were princes. There were people in high places. There were people with influence. And they've done me wrong. They had no reason to do me wrong. How could they have done me like that? What could, why would they have called off and just hurt me in that way? Princes have persecuted me without a cause, but my heart standeth in awe of thy word. I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. I hate and abhor lying, but thy law do I love? Now, the word law there, what are we talking about law? Say, well, we're talking about the law of Moses, or we're talking about what? The word law there in the Hebrew 
uh, and I'm probably going to butcher it, but it's Torah Teka. Torah Teka is where, where the, we get the word Torah from. The word Torah in Hebrew actually means uh, divine teaching, divine principle, divine, uh, a, a divine uh, lesson. So he's like, so what he's saying is, well, I sure love your divine teaching, God, your divine lesson. Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments or your your righteous or your righted understanding. Judgments means discernment, understanding. So seven times a day I praise thee because of your because you think right, God, because you understand right. Then here we go, verse 165. Great peace. Everyone say great peace. Now we're not talking about a little peace. How you doing, Dave? Well, I'm, I'm hanging in there. I'm, I'm hanging in. No, great peace. Great peace have they which love thy law, which love thy divine principle, and nothing shall offend them. Great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing, nothing's going to offend them. Think about that. There is a place in God which allows you to transcend offense, which allows you to get over it, which allows you to, it doesn't matter what happens to you, it doesn't mean that it's going to be fun, doesn't mean that it's not going to hurt at times, doesn't mean that it's not going to bug you, doesn't mean that you won't get angry for a moment, but you won't be offended. Man, I would love that. If that's, if that's anything that, that would help me to get over it, I want to know about that. And it's a law. So that there's a law, great peace of they that love thy law. We got to find a law today. We got to figure out what this law is. And if I can fall in love with it, then it's going to keep me from being offended. It's going to give me a lot of peace, and I won't ever be offended. So we're going to have to find that law. What kind of law is it? Before we get into that, I'm going to have to talk about offense a little bit. You know, with all these people for years and years and years that's been getting offended. And since we're here and we're all part of the body of Christ, and, and, and I'm, talk, I'm, I'm not worried about the world right now. We're going to talk about the church. We have spent many years trying to incorporate secular psychology and counseling uh, uh, techniques to, to minister within the church house. And, and all along, sometimes forsaking the power of the Holy Spirit that can help us rise above petty offenses and rise above... Uh, uh, maturing issues that we may have but no we'll incorporate and that's why you see a lot of services will turn into counseling sessions already and I'm not belittling counseling sometimes we need we need good solid counsel and there's some gifted counselors out there that the Lord has anointed and have helped many people so I'm not putting it down but I'm just saying we can't forsake the power of God and the active work of the Holy Spirit on a daily basis in our life and that he is the great counselor the Bible says. So, so I want us to turn to Isaiah chapter 8, or you can read it uh, right up on the screen here. Now, now I want you to see what Isaiah is saying, saying here. He says, associate yourself. In other words, he's saying, hey, get together. And this is the problem that many, many uh, folk within uh, the body of Christ have encountered. Well, I got to get together with church folk. That's all I need. I just I need to get together with church folk. That'll solve my problems. He says, associate yourself, O ye people. And ye shall be broken in pieces. No, you're still going to be broken. Get together. You're still going to be broken. That ain't going to work. And give ear, all of ye far countries. Gird thyself, and ye shall be broken in pieces. You can do all this other stuff. You're still going to be broken. And ye shall be broken in pieces. Verse 10, take counsel together 
and it shall not come and it shall come to naught. Speak the word, and it shall not stand. For God is with us, for the Lord spake thus to me with a strong hand and instructed me that I should not walk in the way of this people, saying, Say ye not a confederacy. In other words, hey, join together. Boy, that's how we get all kind of denominations and, and, and all kind of organizations within the denominations. Look, if we'll unify, if we'll organize, if we'll come under one banner, hey, that's going to solve our problem. That's going to keep us unified. He goes, no, no, no. So say not a confederacy to all them to whom this people shall say a confederacy. Neither fear ye their fear, nor be afraid. Verse 13, sanctify the Lord of hosts himself. He's saying, no, turn your attention back to the Lord. And let him be your fear, and let him be your dread. And he shall be for a sanctuary, for a stone. He's saying, this is what the Lord's going to be for you. A stone of stumbling and for a rock of offense to both the houses of Israel for a gin and for a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And many among them shall stumble and fall and be broken. He said, look, turn back to the Lord. Why? Because he said he's going to be a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. And there's going to be a lot of people that wind up being fallen and be broken. Say, so, well, wait, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I thought my Savior was supposed to be loving me. Oh, absolutely, he is. But he's also a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. And he's going to cause people to trip up and fall. And when they fall, they're going to be broken. Say, so what's going on? What's going on with that? Hang on. Let's, let's see what else he says. Hop over to chapter 28. God's still talking about this rock. He says, therefore, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone. Here we are. We're talking about this rock again. A tried stone, a precious cornerstone. A sure foundation, he that believeth shall not make haste. Judgment also will I lay in the line of righteousness to the plummet. Now, now what he's saying is, he's saying, look, turn back to the Lord. He is, he is a stone of stumbling. He's a rock of offense. And not only that, God said, I'm laying him right in the foundation of Zion, which is metaphorically, is, we're, we're talking about the church. All the lessons that God had to deal with, with Zion, Jerusalem, Israel, we can apply in, in many ways spiritually to the church today. And so what he's saying is, behold, I lay in Zion, a stumbling block and a stone of offense right in the middle of the foundation. I'm putting them as the chief cornerstone. Now, we, the New Testament, we, we know that that's teaching that this is Christ. So let me tell you something about your Lord and Savior who loves you unconditionally, who washed you clean with his blood, who sanctifies you, who calls you brand new. Is he going to love you? Yes. Is there mercy and grace? Yes, fresh every morning. Is he unconditional with his love? Absolutely. Has he got your best intention in mind? Yes. Does he want to resurrect you and make you the best version of you you can be? Absolutely. But let me tell you out, something else about your Savior. He's going to get on your last nerve. Why? Because he's a stumbling stone and a rock of offense. Some of you have struggled with offense in your life because you've had a family member do something to you or you've had a, something happen at church or I'm mad at church or you're, you're upset about your job. I can't get over this because of my job because I'm offended. And, and we get bitter at the people that we're offended at. We struggle with lack of forgiveness. But have you ever understood that if you're walking with the Lord, the very foundation on which you're walking on, which is Christ, is actually a stumbling stone and a rock of offense. 
the very foundation of your life has a stumbling block on it. God wants to offend you. Say, what in the world are you talking about? He said it. I'm going to offend you. Hey, I've got, I'm, and not only that, if this church is going to be built, he said, upon this rock I shall build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Well, that rock at times will offend you. Now, let's, let's talk about that word offense. There's, in, in the Hebrew, there's, there's about four or five different words that you can find uh, for offense, uh, one of which is uh, bagat, which actually means the stick that baits the trap. So, so the offense is actually a stick with some bait on it. And you see it, and you go up, and you nibble on it, and all of a sudden, bam, the box fell on top of you, and you're trapped. Now, all that's filtered into the Greek, and so there's two, two, work, uh, two words in the Greek that deal with offense. One is proskoma, and it actually means to stumble. The next one is scandalon, and it means to, to stumble or to be trapped or to, to cause to fall. So do you realize that actually offense is not a sin? Offense is actually not what hurts you. What hurts you is what takes place after offense, okay? Lily, my youngest, if you go by my house, you will see bicycles, scooters, skateboards, all of them, because she doesn't know how to find her way to the garage to put them up. So she sticks them in front of my porch. And, and even though I said, Lily, put your, put your stuff up. Okay. And at some point in her life, she intends to put the stuff up. And so there are times in the morning I get up, when I get up to, to get the day started, the sun hasn't come up. And so there were times early on coming down the steps of my porch that I would trip over the scooter. Well, that scooter caused me to stumble. That scooter was my offense. That scooter is not what hurt me. Landing on the sidewalk is what hurt me. Now, the next time I stumbled, for, for a split second, I realized what was going on. I was able to catch myself. So there was a different outcome to my offense. Offense, through offense, you can have some of the most glorious, greatest victories and revelation and growth take place in your life, or you can have some of the most darkest, bitterest times in your life take place. But the offense is the catalyst. Sometimes offense takes place, and, and whatever the need is, all of a sudden it births an incredible solution for that need. Or an offense can take place and the person spends many, many years in bitterness and unforgiveness and irritation and, and lack of communication and, and go down a totally different path. That's why, that's, that's why Jesus, is, there's always an offense that takes place with Jesus. To the cross, the Bible says, to them that perish, it's foolishness. But to those who are being saved, it is power. It's the power of God unto salvation. It's, it's where you want to go with the offense. So here Christ is. That's why if you, if you sit there and say, you know, no matter what church I go visit, it seems like people are getting upset. People are getting offended. It doesn't matter if you're in a, in a large church as young, as young as this church is and as small as it is. Guess what? People are still getting offended. I'll be really honest. Ooh, it's quiet in here. Julie, go start the car, man. We're going to we're gonna have to run really quick. That's why, because if a church is actually truly being built on the foundation of Christ Jesus, well, he's going to be a stumbling block at times. He's going to be a stone of offense. That's why folks come into church, woo, I'm going to church today. I'm going to be really, really spiritual, and I'm going to get all kind of food and, and, and edification and fellowship. and What? 
what do you mean they don't have any donuts today? You know? Or they come in and bam, all of a sudden someone looked at them weird. Or all the, the preacher didn't shake their hand. Or, or all of a sudden, you know, uh, uh, I don't like the way this is operating. I don't like the way this, I can't worship to this. I can't worship that. I can't, you know, all of a sudden there's, there's if, if you have church long enough, you're going to start hearing some kind of offense rise up. And that doesn't mean that you don't notice things that need to grow and things that need to change. But it's what you do with it at that point. Do you get bitter with it, or do you get better with it? He's a rock of a, he's a he's a rock of offense. He's a stone of stumbling. And if and, and, and the interesting thing about this verse, he that believeth shall not make haste. You can literally translate that to, he that perceives it, won't stumble, won't move suddenly. And the Lord's saying, I laid in Zion this stone. And if you can recognize it, if you can identify it, you're not going to trip over it. So in other words, the next time something bothers you to no end, ask yourself, all right, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? I bit that bait before. I've nibbled on that bait, and I got trapped in irritation and unforgiveness what, what are you trying to show me? I'm trying to recognize you, God. If I, can, if I can recognize you, I'm not going to trip over it. Not only that, it says, judgment also will I lay at the line. The word judgment means discernment, understanding. He's saying, he's saying look, if you, if you can recognize it, you're not going to trip over it. You're going to have some discernment and understanding about it. It says, in righteousness to the plummet. Righteousness means rightedness, right actions. So if I can recognize what God's trying to do, I'm not going to trip over it, and I'm going to have understanding, and I'm going to be able to take the right action. Has it ever dawned on us when we walk in here, or if we're with our family or in our job, wherever we are, and all of a sudden we get offended, we get angry, we get irritated, maybe it's the Lord that's showing you you got some buttons that keep being pushed, and you need to lose those buttons. He's not trying to make you bitter. He's trying to make you better. He's trying to show you, deal with these issues in your life, Dave. That way you can grow. I'm a, I'm, I thought you were being my savior. I am. And I'm trying to make you trip. Why? Because when you trip and stumble, you're going to be broken. You remember the verse in Isaiah? Many are going to trip and stumble and be broken. Why does God want to break us? Because he wants to break me from everything I think I should be and mold me into everything he knows he created me to be. And I have, a, I have a choice. I can go ahead and trip and yield and say, all right, Lord, break me. Bam, break my arm. Bam, break my back. Bam, break my shoulder. All that stuff. Or I can resist and let the stone fall on me and pulverize everything I think is precious and dear that I think is so important. And he has to show me, no, 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 all of that doesn't mean anything. Let me show you what's dear and important in the kingdom. Wow. The spirit of offense. I just thought... I just thought everyone was irritating. Turns out it was the Lord the whole time trying to offend me, trying to get my attention, trying to show a spotlight. Say, you don't understand, my spouse, my spouse gets on my nerves so bad if I just, why did I ever marry this person? Why, you know, you don't understand what I'm having to go through here. No, could it be that the Lord is shining a spotlight on your spouse just to show that you got some areas in your life that you need to change, some perspectives that need to alter 
some things you need to allow God to break you in. That's what offense is. Offense, look, everyone's going to get offended. Jesus even said offenses must come. Paul said there must be heresies in the church. Why? Because as you grow, Jesus told them when it came to the harvest, he said, no, go ahead and let the wheat grow up with the tares, with all the weeds. And then during harvest time, we're going to separate the wheat from the seeds. We're going to separate the shaft from the, from the actual meat of the wheat. What's going, what is he talking about? He said, look, I'm going to let some things grow up with you as you mature, but there's going to come a time I'm going to have to rip up some weeds in your life. And in order to do that, I've got to shine a spotlight on them. And in order for you to identify them, I'm going to have to offend you at times. I'm going to have to make you stumble. I'm going to have to reveal to you some things that need to change. Say, okay, well, there we are. You've let us know what offense is. How do I get over it? You remember David said that I can experience great peace and be free from offense if I love thy law. There's a law in there. There's a law somewhere. We got to find that law. We got to find that law. Oh, before we go there, I'm going to I'm going to give it away. Now, I could have taken you from point A to point B really easy today. Uh, but but sometimes you miss out on some stuff. If we wanted to get over on that other shore, we could have we could have jumped on a boat and go right over the shore. But if we take the trails to walk around, you're going to pick up a lot of neat other things that you can you can garner here. So, uh Let's think about it. great peace have they that love thy law. Well, is he talking about the law of Moses? Because he was living back in the Old Testament, right? So is he talking about the Torah, the, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible? Well, that's not really going to work for us, is it? Because Paul even pointed out in Romans chapter 9, verse 31, says, But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, had not attained the law of righteousness. Wherefore, because they sought it not by faith, but as it were by the works of the law, for they stumbled at that stumbling stone. As it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense, and whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. So, so he said, look, they've tried to follow the law of righteousness, and they never attained the law of righteousness. So, so probably if we tried to follow along uh, the law of Moses, the same thing would happen with us. We're not going to attain to righteousness. So, well, but we're living in the New Testament, right? So let's look to the New Testament. There's actually three laws under grace that the New Testament mentions. How about this one? Romans 8 and 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Woo! Praise God for that. If you are in here and you are saved and sanctified and blood-bought, then the, you have experienced the law of life. You were dead in your sins and Christ has resurrected you. So that's the law. we got a lot of people that have encountered the law of life. Yet, many of us have been offended, haven't we? Okay, so that one's not going to work. How about this one? But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Woo, the law of liberty. So, so what that means is that we live according to grace. Not by faith. We, we are free. He that the Son has set free is free indeed. We can walk in liberty. We don't have to worry about legalism. We don't have to worry about performance-based religion. We can, we can live free in Christ. And some of us enjoy them free. As a matter of fact, some of y'all so free, you scare me when I hang out at your house. I'm, oh, Lord, help us. You know? Uh, <laughs> but a lot of, hey, we're living free with grace, but we're still getting offended. But there's a law. we got to find that law. What is that law? There's one more law. We'll call it the royal law. James 2 and 8. If you fulfill the royal law, 
according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, you do well. Oh, yeah, that law, that law. Matthew 22 says, they asked Jesus, which was the most important law in all the commandments, which was the most important commandments. Jesus said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. And he said that the second one was like unto the first one. In other words, the second one is just like the first one. There's two laws. The first one is to love God with everything you got. The second one is this, which is, he said, it's the same thing, to love your neighbor like you love yourself. What is he doing? He's just trying to get you to manifest on earth what's taking place in the heavenlies. You love God with everything in you. Your relationship with God is a spiritual thing. You love him in your spirit. But in order to manifest that kind of love on earth, you have to love your neighbor just like you love yourself. If I can fall in love with that law, the royal law of God, if I can fall in love with the fact that, you know what, Bob may have done something that just offended me, but you know what, I love him so much. I got to love him just like I love myself. And if I love him like I love myself, I have to realize that we are one in Christ. And that if, he's, if God is using him to show me something that's bothering me, then all he's doing is reflecting something inside of me that needs to change. Think about that. Is something bothering you today? Did you walk in church and something just bugged the snot out of you? All right, Lord, what are you reflecting back to me? Because if I can love these people just like I love myself, what are you reflecting back to me? If you go home and you see your spouse and you just want to strangle them, <laughs> what is it that is, what is it that, sh- He's reflecting back or she's reflecting back. What is it that God is spotlighting in me that needs to change? If I can fall in love with that law, what incredible peace I'll have. And I won't ever have to be offended. Say, you mean I'm never going to get mad? Nothing's ever going to bug me? No, absolutely not. We're human. But I don't have to eat the bait. I don't have to trip the trap. I can identify it. Well, I don't like that. Oh, wait a minute, Lord. What are you teaching me? What are you showing me? How can I recognize you so that I can have understanding and make right decisions, right discernment? Let's all stand. Ryan, do you mind coming up and help me real quick? Where's my daughter, Sophia? Sophia, come on up, baby. Uh, We're just going to allow the Holy Spirit to do something real quick before we end on our last song. Is that all right? I don't want to take too much time, but at the same time, I want, to, I want the Lord to have freedom to do what he's going to do. Uh, oh, yeah, you can come up here. It doesn't matter. Uh, if you can play something for me. Play it slow and sad if you want. Like I always said, that's always, that always helps me. <laughs> All right. If anyone needs prayer for anything today, I want you to come down. And when you come down, uh, I'm not going to pray for you. Sophie's going to pray for you. Uh, This week, she asked me, hey, when you give the invitation this week, can you just send people my way and let me pray for them? God's doing something with our children. They were up here talking about praise and worship. We got teenagers wanting to pray for folk. God's up to something. And so if you're here, if, if, if there's something in your life that you've been struggling with offense, don't be ashamed of it. Look, that's why we come. That's why we're here. We're not here because we're perfect. We're here because we're broken. (laughs) Right? We're here because we need him. 
So we want to invite you down. Or if you need prayer for anything, if you're here and you don't know the Lord, you've never asked Jesus Christ to be Lord of your life, you've never made that commitment, say, well, I've, I've been attending church, I'm, I'm doing all right. But no, if, you, if, if you've never made a true commitment to allow Jesus to wash you clean of your sins, I want to invite you down. Let us pray with you. Or if you need healing, if you need anything, if there's any need, or you just need to be encouraged, I want you to come down. Let us pray for you today. Don't be ashamed. Say, well, I kind of get nervous about it. Man, if you can't let people love on you in here, how are you going to let people love on you out there? This is where people do want to minister to each other. Let's all begin to pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. Lord, help us to recognize the times that you are that stumbling block in our life that you are that, that rock of offense. But you're doing it for our own good. You're doing it to help us to grow, to help us to get over ourselves, to get over pettiness, to grow from being children into, into the mature servants you have called us to be. Holy Spirit, move on hearts today. Make us pliable. Help set us free. Lord, if there's anyone that doesn't know you, I pray that your, your love begin to woo them in with sweet conviction today. And we thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Do we have anyone that needs prayer? Let's all keep our heads bowed. If you need prayer today, don't hesitate. Don't fight it. Raise your hand. Let's, if you'll come on down. Come on down.